Good morning. This is not an episode. This is more of a my direct response to the reports that the Development Academy brought to us by United States Soccer Federation is closing. So I'm going to give you my perspective take on this um, and what's going to happen next, right? So there's all these indications and things floating around that the Development Academies are going to be closing or the program in general is going to be closing, I guess I should say. And um, that would put about 200 clubs in no man's land for the at least time being. Right now, I don't know how much you know about the DA, but the DA was started in 07 and designed to bring an elite level of development and competition. Now, without giving you my perspective on how I feel the DA is done, it's going to put a big wash in the way soccer is moved because really the DA was the elite level of youth soccer, at least on the boys' side. At least on the boys' side, it was the elite level of youth soccer. Everybody wanted to try and get into the DA and wear that DA patch, right, to have that status quo of being a DA player. Now, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen that may happen. I don't obviously have all the answers, but I will share with you some information. And simply put, right now, you know, there's 26 MLS teams, and my guess would be that they're going to change and make an MLS-only DA or without using the word DA, but Academy League, right? And then maybe they'll invite in some top-level clubs that are non-MLS. Maybe they're USL, maybe they're powerhouse clubs from different parts of the country that don't have MLS, things like that. Because the problem that the MLS clubs are going to have is just enough games. What are they going to take their 13-year-old kids to go play only MLS? Well, they're going to Miami. That's a four-hour trip, three and a half if you're talking about Orlando City. And then the next closest one's Atlanta. Right, that's six, seven hours away. So it, that's going to be really hard to make. I just live in Florida, so I'm trying to make it easy that way. To make a, a DA or a MLS only program when it's so sporadic. And everybody talks about, well, Europe does it. Sure, Europe does it, but they have their own country that's significantly smaller, where there's a lot less travel. So it's it's going to be very different for say MLS clubs for sure. Now. I will give you my opinion and tell you that I think the DA has been flawed since the beginning. And I'll tell you why. Because they did it backwards. They started the DA, and I played the first year in the DA when it came out. There was all this hype surrounding it. And uh, in my opinion, they did it backwards. They made the DA start at U16, U18. Now, yes, players are definitely still developing at 16 and 18. But to get the most development for young players, especially in a country that we struggle to develop elite players, it was a backwards model. And then they worked their way down. So they went from 18 down to 12, and then 12 got canned for 13. So now we currently have, before they, they haven't officially closed yet, There's the rumor is still going around, but apparently it's going to be released today that the DA will close. Um, it's U13 to U18. Now, again, I still think that's flawed because what about U9, U10, and U11, U12? That should be the DA or what the DA should have been is developing the younger players, getting them ready for the next step, and then you can create 
a league above that and call it whatever. I don't know, the Pathway Academy, something like that. PA. You have the DA to the PA. This is an example, right? So that from the beginning, it was flawed because they're not even taking, they're not even developing players that need to have the developments or the developed skills. They're, they're taking players that are already supposed to be developed to a certain standpoint, then trying to finish out their development. Right? If you look at a normal, normal is not the right word. You look at an elite club in Europe that has a strong academy, what we would call a development academy. They are developing players through their system, starting at nine years old, eight years old. So when we introduce the DA at 13 to 18, what about that five-year window of players no longer in this system getting developed? So it, it was flawed from the beginning. And if they're actually closing it, which apparently they are going to today, April 15th, then um, U.S. soccer probably needs to come out and make a statement and say, you know what? We were wrong. This didn't work. And it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know if you want to say it failed, but it depends on what you're fa- you're, you're grading for failure. If they're able to, you know, make a big program, two hundred plus clubs, big events, that's a success, huge success. But what about producing players? Didn't happen. Elite players didn't happen. Maybe, maybe you produce a couple MLS players, players that went into college, go play MLS, things like that, maybe straight into the MLS. Um, but I don't know, to be honest with you, and I've tried to do some research before I did this. There's not many MLS clubs, not many, that have gone on to produce players from the academy into the first team. Not many, right? So, for example, if you look at the top clubs in Europe, they're taking one to two of their players on average a year from their academy going into the first team, right? A year on average, right? You look at the average MLS club, they're not putting one to two a year. Like, um, and it's actually interesting. I was speaking to my friend at Olympic Lyonnais, and he was telling me that Last year, no, last year, 2018, they had nine players signed to the first team from the academy. Nine players. He said that's a fluke. That never happens. But they had such a good crop of players that they were able to get nine through the door. Right? Imagine nine players graduate from an academy level to go to the first team. That's huge. Now, again, it's not typical. But just to give you the the idea about it, it it can happen. So... It, it's going to put a lot of people, this, this change I'm talking about now, is going to put a lot of people in a different or difficult situation. Because what about all the non-MLS clubs? Well, for example, they don't have ECNL. What are they going to do? I've read that they're considering maybe doing the, trying to find the exact part that I was reading about it, um, but that they're talking about bringing like the elite youth soccer leagues, or to have these non-DA teams or former DA teams playing these elite youth soccer leagues. Uh, if you want my honest opinion, those aren't elite youth soccer leagues. The DA was the elite. So it's 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 very difficult, man, to, to see this whole thing change like this, where first the system was backwards, so I guess the U.S. soccer is going to have to come out and say, yep, in terms of developing elite-level pros didn't work. And uh, they're going to have to take the hit on that and, and, you know, step up, be like, yep, we're going to, this is why we're scrapping it. This is why we wanted to move on. Um, but I'm really curious to see how this is going to impact clubs across the board because what I can tell you is the DA did have a couple of good scenarios set up for themselves in terms of things that you had to deliver to be a DA. And, you know, one of them is centered around number of practices. And what I mean by that is if you were a DA program, 
you had to offer four practices a week. You had to. You had to offer four practices a week. So I've, I've pulled up the DA specific website page and you can look at the academy overview. It's actually interesting. The homepage says the DA is developing world-class players. I haven't seen one player that's gone through the DA and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that's fine. One player that's gone through the DA from start to finish, from U13 to U18, all the way through, didn't leave to go to Europe before they before they graduated the DA and then became an elite or world-class player. So that, that's a subtopic, but just to bring it out. So if you want to talk about the DA, right, this is what we're looking at. You're supposed to get with the DA, and I, and I agree with a lot of these things, right? You're going to have a higher coaching standard, or at least you should. Okay, so you're going to have higher licensed coaches, which is definitely, in theory, on paper, a great thing. Okay. Next thing they say you're going to have is you're going to get high performance. I agree with this. Based on current standing of the DA, that was the highest level of performance you could get in the country, for sure. It was the highest level. So it allows for that. They also had a level of talent identification, which, yes, they did have scouts come out, and they do have players that are being watched to be placed on Youth national teams going to the next level, for sure. They have that. So that's not incorrect. Referees is great. Now, trying to find this, the part where they have the – how they laid out the program. And essentially, if you're going to be in the DA, like I mentioned before, you have to be able to offer four practices a week or that you need to offer. So I want to see what's going to happen now to all these clubs – that are no longer going to have the DA with the same structure or the regulations aren't the same. So in terms of the DA, you know, stating that, that for me was critically necessary that you need to have four practices a week because if you're going to develop elite players, you're going to be offering more than that, actually. But just, just as an idea. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in the DA now that there were no other league I know of says, hey, you need to have four practices a week. Okay, so we're going to have to see what's going to happen with that. So what is this going to mean for you if your son played in the DA? Or daughter, right? But it was more the boy side's impact because a lot of girls' DAs have gone off into uh, ECNL. Now, in my opinion, the best answer to your question is they're going to have to find a new league and a new way to play, which is tutored maybe as ECNL, uh, maybe your local leagues, so your state leagues. Um, and it's just about finding competition at this point, this point. And it's going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of change, but I can tell you that in my eyes, this is a long term gain for youth soccer. And I'll explain why here in a second for you. And I'll repeat to you why this is not say doomsday for us soccer or for soccer or grassroots soccer or youth soccer in this country. Because again, you tell me a world-class player that's gone through the DA from U13 to U18 that has come through the DA all the way from U13 to U18 and gone on to be an elite world-class player. I can't think of one. And I'm talking about elite world-class player. And as I mentioned to you before, the system was already flawed. So they're just allowing it this situation. There's a power play, essentially, I feel, between MLS and U.S. soccer. So U.S. soccer now shuts down the DA. MLS can now make their own elite league and maybe invite some other elite clubs that maybe will become affiliates or something of a, of a MLS club or something like that, and they play their league, right? But it's, it's a little crazy to think about because what could happen or what will happen is if they only do MLS, you're not talking that many players. 
right? So it's 26 teams. You have 18 on a roster. We're not talking a lot of players. Let's do a little bit of math here, right? So we're talking 26 teams times 18 players. That's not even 500 players for MLS only. Now, if you were talking about like using, say, the state of California and you had only DAs in that area, then it's very simple and it's very easy. You could you could definitely play DA only or MLS Academy, whatever you want, whatever they're going to call this next step for MLS is, um, is going to happen. So it's going to be very hard, in my opinion, to have, again, I'll use the Orlando City example since I live in Florida, or you could even use Inter-Miami, which they may be even harder to use because Orlando City is the only closest MLS team. I mean, there's nobody even remotely close to that point for Inter-Miami. They're going to have to travel up to Atlanta. That's at least 11, 12-hour drive. Um, anything beyond that's going to be crazy, right? And you can't be taking, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids up there. So I, I'm really curious to see how this is going to change because, again, we're not talking a lot of players in an immediate area. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a big shock to the system for sure for everybody. And there's going to be a lot of changes. So the biggest challenges, in my opinion, are going to be what are the non-MLS clubs going to do, right? Where are they going to go? They're going to have to find a league, whether it's ECNL. And and let's be honest, there's a lot of inferior, or were, I guess, at this point, a lot of inferior DA non-MLS teams, right? That the competition level wasn't good enough and they get washed all the time. But guess what? They got the DA patch. They got to say, hey, we're DA. And... Um, it just kind of shocked everybody, and it's going to change the system. Now, if you go into normal play, this is where my biggest challenge is going to be for anybody is there is no set regulations on number of practices. With any league, with any league, there's no set regulation of number of practices. So from a player perspective, that's now going from, say, a DA caliber program to now not having a DA. Don't be surprised if practices start getting reduced. Because the whole point of the Development Academy, the goal was to try and develop better players. On their website, if you go to the homepage of the website, it says developing world-class talent. Let me, let me make sure I get that correct before I uh, misquote that. So hold on, let me pull this up correctly. And right here, if you go to the homepage, it says, Welcome, U.S. Soccer Development Academy, developing world-class players. That's on the homepage. You go to ussoccerda.com. And um, it's right there. So they were branding it as they're going to develop world-class players. You get this patch that says you're an elite player and um, you're supposed to become better. Now, again, for the lower-level DAs, the teams or the clubs, I wouldn't be surprised if they're pulling now the benefit of, say, having – Elite-level training, or what they would call elite-level training, and, and multiple trains. Because, again, at the DA, they say it's four training sessions to one game. That's the ratio, four to one. Again, it's advertised on their website. So now if you pull the DA, which was the only league that I know of, nationally at least, that said, hey, this is you're going to have to have more training sessions. It's a requirement. That means clubs can now get away with, again, going back to two or three practices a week, which means they don't have to give you a ton of practices, which means you're going to have to now go spend more money elsewhere to develop. And that's going to be a, another episode later on. But again, it's about what are these clubs going to do? So you are really going to have to, as a parent and a player, do your research 
because you do not know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen next. And I guarantee you a lot of clubs are not going to fulfill anymore the four practices requirement a week. They're going to go back to two or three. Now, elite-level clubs that talk about developing pro players, maybe, but the average DA, the average DA club, probably will not at this point invest the same amount of time and effort that the DA was offered because against the DA was a status quo. If you were in the DA, you were elite or considered elite. You were considered one of the best players in the country. Regardless of what level of DA you played at, you were given this badge and this, this representation. You're one of the best. I read somewhere, or somebody called it rather, a scarlet letter. I'd agree with that. It just signified something. Didn't really mean much. And now we're at this crossroads, which I feel, if done correctly, yes, is going to suck in the short term. But at least we're opening up to say now, the DA did not set out or did not do what it set out to do. Develop world-class players throughout the entire system of the DA. From U13 to U18. It didn't happen. Right? We do not have a player playing in the Champions League. Week in, week out. That went through the DA from U13 to U18. Didn't happen. Now, hopefully with the right people involved, and I'd love to be in discussion of this, what should be next? Because if it's not managed, all these clubs are going to then take advantage of the system that they're going to have in front of them. So it needs to be done correctly. And that's going to be my biggest hesitation with this whole thing is what's next and how is it going to be done? If it's not done correctly, not managed correctly, it won't be any different to what we have now. So this is a unique opportunity for everyone involved with U.S. soccer at the highest level all the way down to the grassroots to find ways to work together to put a system in place that will actually benefit players. If it's not done, we're going to have the same, in my opinion, mediocrity level of youth soccer throughout the country. And I'll tell you that I have seen plenty of DA teams and clubs use kickball when they had the prospects cup here two or three years ago there were da teams booting the ball at u12 so not all da programs are doing the right thing now this is an opportunity for us as a country to step together and actually make change for the long run you look at a country like belgium they invested 20 years into their development process and they're now a superpower of developing talent and a leader at the highest level of the game. Making it to a semifinal of a World Cup. This is the kind of investment that we as a country need to make if we're going to develop talent. And it's going to start with my mandate, my U.S. soccer mandate that's going to be coming out very soon. Of my recommended changes of how we're going to develop elite players. And starting that process. So that's my take thus far on the Development Academy. I'm sure I'll bring you more stuff as information is released. Still to this point, they have not actually released the DA. Or at the end of the DA. So there's going to be a lot more things coming. But I need to do my research. And make sure that I have the correct information moving forward. So I'll discuss it later. Have a good rest of your day.
hey guys, I absolutely love that you're checking out and listening to the podcast. And I only have one ask quickly, and that would be if you could please share this podcast with somebody else that you maybe know that is going through the system or struggling to navigate it from the youth soccer perspective. And that would mean the absolute world to me because as you know, I don't sell anything through the podcast and I don't have any sponsorships. And the more people that I can help, that is my overall objective. So I would absolutely love if you could share this with somebody. Take the five seconds to do so by sending it through social media or WhatsApp or whatever way that you like to share content. And I will make sure that I continue to deliver valuable and insightful content for you.